Hey, buddy. I'm all up in your personal space. <laughs> That's okay. No, no, we haven't been. That's all right. Um, well, if you don't know, uh, something really special, humongous happened yesterday. Our pastor and our friend Shannon um, um, was commissioned. Please, please explain. I don't know either. You know what? I'm just kidding. I can't explain it. All I know is, here's, here's what it means to me, that God is continuing to affirm the call in your life Amen. to lead, to teach us, to love on us as a, as a congregation, as a body, as a community, and we're really thankful for you. That's what it means to me. So Thank you. We love you. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. Very we much. pray over you? Of course, for sure. Stretch out your hand towards uh, It's good to see human beings in, a, in the building. Uh, yay! Woo! Air conditioning. Um, it, it's welcome back to the first indoor worship service that we've had in almost five months. Um, 21 weeks or 147 days. Not, not that I've been counting or anything. Uh, but it really is good to be together in person indoors again. A very special welcome to those of you who are joining us online. Uh, we're really glad that you're with us as well. You might be checking us out for the first time or out of town and, and tuning in. We know that not everyone is ready to return to worship yet. And um, I just want you to know that's totally okay. Not that you needed that, but I'll tell you it is. Um, I just want to say that something to those who are at home watching with us who are not ready to come back. And it's this. I want you to know that your church loves you and supports your decision, and uh, however you're choosing to be with us today, we're all in this together, and we're all worshiping together, and so I'm glad that we are here and we're connected. Can we say amen to that? Amen. That was through the, the, the mask. You heard that. So, um, I also know that there might be some of you watching online, you're like, man, I tried to get in. I tried to reserve a spot, but I couldn't because it was full or close to full, you know, it kind of changed a little bit there through the week. Um, just to remind you that every Wednesday at 12 noon, our registration will go live. 
so that you'll be able to register for the 9 o'clock or the 11 o'clock service, except this week it's not going to go live because um, as much as we love the air conditioning, we are going to go back outdoors next week for a very special reason. Um, next weekend, as you saw in, in our announcements that Tinley gave, is our Jesus is Life weekend. It is a huge weekend for us. It's a great way to kick off the school year for our students. Um, it's, I think, more needed than ever for our students to, to grow together and learn together. So next weekend is the Jesus is Life weekend, but we're doing it all outdoors. Every part of the weekend is outside. And if we were going to do the whole 25% social distancing thing indoors for Jesus is Life, we were going to have to have about six to seven services next week, which would have been a lot. Um, that would have been a serious nap later in the day. So we decided just to do one service outdoors next Sunday, 11 o'clock. You can pull up in your car and, and be in your vehicle with turn on the radio station, be in your air conditioning. You can bring your camp chairs. You can bring a blanket. You can bring your tailgate tent if you want to. Um, just mind the beverages that go along with the tailgate tent. And then we're going to be here together for worship. So next Sunday, 11 a.m., we're going to be here and have time. And then, Lord willing, please, Lord Jesus, August 23rd on, we're going to be indoors. Lord willing, please, Lord Jesus. So and we'll continue to do that. So we're back indoors today, outdoors next week, and then hopefully, prayerfully, back indoors moving on from there. So, um, starting a new series today, and we're going to be in Romans chapter 8. So if you want to go ahead and turn there, you can do that. Romans 8, uh, we're going to be looking at several verses in that chapter, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But we're starting this new series, you saw in the bumper, and the series is called Entheos. Entheos. Can you say that word with me? Entheos. It's a Greek word. Um, it's where we get our English word enthusiasm, okay? So you kind of see that connection, right? And you know enthusiasm, so automatically you go, oh, that's kind of a good word. Like that's a positive word. That's that's exciting word in, in theos, enthusiasm. Well, within theos, the E-N, not too hard to guess, it means in or within. And then theos is where we get our theology, theocracy, it's where it's God, okay? So if we were to take the definition of enthusiasm, you could say the definition in our English of entheos is the spirit of God within, which is where you find our, our subtitle for this series. So we're talking entheos, the spirit of God within, and we're going to spend the next several weeks talking about the spirit of God within us. This, this, this word enthusiasm within us. And, and I guess, do I really need to explain to any of us here in this auditorium or joining us online, do I really need to explain why we need this series right now? Does anyone need to go, well, I don't know if we should really talk about the Spirit of God within or having, you know, just being in, enthusiastic about our faith. I mean, I don't think I need to explain it because... The way things have been going and how things have been going on, things have been difficult. They've been hard. They've been negative. It's been, it's been just really, this has been crazy. 
and it's been stressful and I mean people have been sick and have lost their lives and and jobs have been in question or lost and and people been on unemployment and the economy is struggling because of that and our nation has been pulled in all these different ways and and teachers are scared and parents are stressed out I mean I don't I just explained but I don't need to explain why we need this series in Theos it's so easy for us to be overwhelmed by negativity it is so easy to be overwhelmed by fear to be overwhelmed by anxiety and it just seems to grip us doesn't it I mean some of you are more naturally uh, optimistic some of you are more naturally pessimistic you might say oh no I'm just a realist that's kind of what I say you know usually but but I think even for those of us that have the the brightest outlook we have felt the the negative pull of all that's going on in our world so the next several weeks we're going to be talking about entheos and we're going to look at these attitudes we're going to look at these these emotions the the real things like god-given things that that come from the spirit of god within us that 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 should arise out of having the spirit of god within us that 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 drive us to that should move us beyond being bound up by stress it should move us beyond being bound up by anxiety and worry and all these things and instead for us to be the people that god created us to be in theos and you might hear me say that and go wow shannon that sounds really optimistic of you like don't you know what's going on and and i sure i'm optimistic about this for sure but when i say optimistic I'm going to give us a definition of what I mean by optimistic because I don't mean denying reality. The reality is things are difficult right now. The reality is things are scary right now. That's the reality, okay? The reality of of the state of things. When I say optimistic, I don't mean to be naive either, and I certainly don't mean I'm going to stick my head in the sand and ignore what's going on. You know, like, oh, I'll just think some really positive thoughts and you know, have really good vibes and, you know, adjust my chakra, whatever a chakra is. I don't know how to adjust that, but that's what I hear some people try to do. But that's not what I mean by being optimistic, okay? Here's what I mean by being optimistic. Here's a definition of optimism. Are you ready for this? It's good. It is the unshakable expectation that our loving God is working every situation for our future good. There's some strong words in there. Do you see them? Our unshakable God. That means nothing shakes him. Nothing's messing with him. Nothing is, is, is disrupting our God right now. Nothing. Our, the unshakable expectation. That means it's hopeful, right? I'm looking forward. It's, it's something that, uh, that I expect to happen. The unshakable expectation that our not distant God, not uncaring God, no, our loving God is working in some situations just when he's available. No, no, in every situation for our future good. That means it might not be great today, but there's good coming. Okay, and actually this definition of optimism is based on 
one of the, the passages in Romans 8 that we'll look at in just a few moments together. Okay? So how do we then, if this is what optimism is, if this is what um, not being bound up by negativity looks like in theos, then how do we choose? Like, how do you say, man, I need that. I, I want that. I, I don't want to be bound up in this. I don't want to be constantly, like, worried and stressed out and all that stuff. How do I have that? Because, you know, it's one thing to say, yeah, it's a good idea, and it's another thing to do it. It's another thing to live in it. How do we get there? Where do we begin? Well, very simply said, but not so simply done, but let's try. I need you to do something. I need you to think about what you think about. Think about what you think about. What are you thinking about on the regular? What is consuming your thoughts? Where is your attention going? What are you thinking about? Would you, as I sit here and talk about worry and stress and kind of being overwhelmed and, and unsure and all these things, are you going, yeah, that's me? What do you think about? What is consuming your thoughts? What's going into your mind? What do you think about? You got to start right there. What do you think about? You got to think about that. Because the reality is, if your thoughts are consumed with the negative and the stressful and all those things and fear and worry and all that, what consumes your mind tends to control your life. What consumes your mind tends to control your life. And so it goes without saying, but I'll say it. <laughs> If you tend to think that the world is always in trouble and that you can't trust anything you hear and, 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 and just everything's just in upheaval, you're probably not going to get to the end of a day and go, man, today was a great day. Man, today was wonderful. I mean, am I right? Like, if, if you're just bound up and, and controlled by this, you're probably not going to lay your head on the pillow at night and go, oh, today was amazing. It's just not how it goes, right? Psychologists have given a name for how our brain tends to zero in on the negative, on, the, on what's hard, on, on what, on what um, weighs on us and burdens us. And, and it's called a cognitive bias. And there's a whole bunch of different terms. Here. I mean, that's kind of the overarching term. And then there's a whole bunch of, of types of cognitive bias. But in order to keep you awake, I'm not going to go into all of those, but I just want to give you a couple of bullets on what a couple of these cognitive biases could be because you might find that you, you kind of go, hey, that, that sounds a lot like me. Because see, what, what cognitive bias does, it's the way our brain chooses to receive information and then attach it to something. Sometimes you could say it's like a shortcut for how we make decisions and assumptions and whether we like something or dislike something, you know? It's like our brain goes, yep, I'm good. I remembered that I liked mashed potatoes once, so henceforth, you're like, you're like oh, mashed potatoes? Ooh, good. You're not eating the mashed potatoes, but your, your cognitive bias was, I really enjoy those mashed potatoes. I remembered that, so mashed potatoes. I don't know why I went mashed potatoes, so. Here's a couple of things we do with our bias. We can tend to, this is how our brain works, okay? We can keep our focus on, talking about negativity especially, we can keep our focus on everything that's going on around us that's wrong. 
And because of a cognitive bias, what happens is that's all our, our eyes and our ears and our thoughts are going towards, and so it blinds us to anything positive that's going on around us. You ever met someone like this? I mean, their, their cognitive bias is towards the negative. So it's really hard for them to see anything positive. Our, our brain can become, because of cognitive bias, biased to bad news. Like, all we want to hear is bad news. It's like we crave it. Like, when we even say the word news, we don't even think possibly good. We just assume it's bad. It's like that's how our brain is going. We, for some people, because of their cognitive, it's like you can't turn off the negative. It's like you crave it. Like you wake up in the morning, turn on the TV, and go, let's see what blew up today. We, we hyper-focus. The cognitive bias can make us hyper-focus on negative events. It can make us hyper-focus on negative information, on emotions that are negative instead of the positive. It's like the train wreck that you, it, you know it's horrible, but you just can't look away. This is what our cognitive bias does. For some people with a cognitive bias like this, it's after you read uh, negativity, you know, that, that you overestimate its significance. Like you read some bad news, and it becomes the, you know, it's, you make it much bigger than it really is. And it, it, it's because it's what you pay attention to the most. This bias sometimes means that we'll even look for evidence to support our negative bias. Right? So you, you make an assumption, uh, you have a bias about something or someone or a circumstance or an event, and then you just look for all the evidence you can to support that, that negative viewpoint. Are you hanging with me here? Our brains, with, with a cognitive bias, will selectively focus on information that helps our pre-existing theory, right? Ignoring any conflicting facts that might say otherwise. This is what our brain does. So if you believe, okay, well, the world's a horrible place, our cognitive bias means that we're going to be looking out for proof all the time to, to make this true. And it makes it really hard to hear perspectives that suggest the contrary. And this is why, folks, it's, this is why dialogue with people who think differently than you is difficult. Because you have a cognitive bias, they have a cognitive bias, and unless we recognize that, then we just think we are solid and firm and we are right and they are wrong. And in regards to negativity, for some of us, we are just, that is, we're driven by it. And I don't know if you've ever really stopped and thought about it. Like, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but how many people woke up today and the first thing you did, whether you knew it or not, was to find out the latest bad news? And so I'm, just, I'm here to say that having a cognitive bias towards negativity, it's going to make having the Spirit of God within in Theos really difficult to show in your life. If you're driven by the pursuit of the, the negative and the dark and the horrible and the, oh no, what's going on? Here's a question. Do people see that in Theos, the Spirit of God within, when they see you? Or do they see your cognitive biases? 
So how then, if you're connecting to this just a little bit, how can we push back and go, I don't want that. I don't want that rule in my life. I don't want that to be how I view things and how I function and how I go about. No, I don't want that to be me. How do we push back against this? How do we say no to that? I mean, where do we even begin? And I would say we start right here, and I have some plants on my back deck to support the theory, which I would say is now a fact, scientifically proven. Here's how you push back against this. You feed your faith, and you starve your fears. Because, see, what you feed grows, and what you starve dies. Come check out my back deck. What you feed grows, and what you starve dies. So let's start feeding our faith, and let's start starving the negative, starving those cognitive biases that... that draw us and lead us and pull us towards having this mindset that that everything is horrible and broken and bad i'm hoping i'm praying that even like right now some of you are having that light bulb moment going oh my goodness this is what i've been doing like i'm a positive person yet i've been just thriving expecting negative so you feed your faith and you starve your fears if you're overwhelmed with 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 negative thoughts if you're overwhelmed with that mindset starve those voices starve that input of information right starve that 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 information that tends to hijack and, and, and it, the cognitive biases and says, okay, I'm just going to, let's just rob you of potential joy. I mean, that's, that's the enemy's MO right there. Let me distract you, burden you, stress you out, make you anxious, make you worry. This is what the enemy does. So we feed our faith and we starve our fears starve it just an example and it, it, this is just an example for for me this is something i do to be to have that entheos in my life to have to be more optimistic to have a a worldview that's not just completely dark and black i don't watch the news 24 hours a day if the TV's on at our house, it's not on a news channel. If the TV's on, it's on. <laughs> it's just not on a news channel. It's on Bunked or something else really awesome that my daughter watches. But it's not on the news, okay? It, it, it's not. It, it's not there. When This doesn't... Now, I need you to say this in case you're going, well, Shannon, you, you, you should be watching the news. I didn't say I don't watch the news. I said it's not on 24 hours a day. It doesn't just run in the background. I don't put my head in the sand of things going on in the world. I, I want to be, I believe I need to be, most especially in the position that I'm in, to know what's going on in our community and in our world. So here's what I do. Once a day, I read the news. I don't want a talking head to tell me their slant on something. 
Once a day, I read the news, and then, buckle your seats, folks, I read from different news sources. I know it's crazy. Even some I don't necessarily agree with. It's what I do. I think it's important that I know what's going on. I think it's important to know how people are receiving and understanding what's going on and how they're reacting to what's going on. So once a day, I read it. And guess what? It's not, I don't do it first thing in the morning. I read the news every evening. It's just what I do. That's an example. I'm not saying that's the best thing for you, but it certainly works for me. I need to starve fears. I need to starve negativity, and I need to feed my faith. And one way that works for me is to not be constantly consuming the negative news that is out there. And it is out there. It is on the TV. It is in your news feed. I mean, most of us, I mean, it's in our social media. It's just there constantly. It's either news or it's certainly it's some, someone's opinion of the, what's going on. And it's there. And, and I think we need, to, we need to feed things instead that build our faith. We need entheos. We need, and here's the definition of this, this, this unwavering expectation that our loving God is working in every situation for our future good. That's optimism right there. Okay? That's not head in the sand. That's not naive. It's an unwavering, an unshakable expectation that God is working. Starve those fears and feed our faith. So, what do we do? Let's, let's feed our faith, okay? Let's look at Romans 8 together. I gave you an example of, of how I starve negativity. So, here's an example of feeding faith. In Romans 8... And I, I would say this to any of you, especially if, if you're not, if you don't have a reading plan right now, if you don't have anything that you're doing to study scripture right now, I would encourage you just, I would even say just this week, just a suggestion, read Romans 8, read it a couple times, read a couple different versions, maybe do some word study, um, see where some of this is, just read Romans 8 this week, feed your faith. Beginning in verse 11 of Romans 8. And this is where, um, actually, in a minute, well, you'll see in a minute where I got the definition for um, optimism. I I stole it right out of of Romans 8. But we're going to start here in verse 11. And it says this, so we're feeding our faith, okay? In light of this, some of these verses are really familiar to some of you. Think of this, hear this, in regard to what we're talking about. How are we, we've been feeding and focusing on negative and stressed out and anxiety and worry and all this stuff. Hear this scripture and feed your faith. Beginning in verse 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, okay, powerful spirit, in case you didn't pick up on that. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, in Theos. Enthusiasm, the Spirit of God within. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, here's really good news He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. 
So you don't have to make up a reason to have in theos. It's right here. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you've called on the name of Jesus, you've given your life to him, you said, thank you, Lord God, you have taken away my sin because of Jesus Christ, and I am walking a new life. I have a resurrected life. This is a promise for you. Feed your faith. Right here in verse 11. In Theos. And then in verse 15, the first part of verse 15, it says this. So... You have not received a spirit, right? Because if you're a follower of Jesus, then the spirit of the living God is within you. So now it's saying, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Folks, there are so many of us that are fearful slaves to what is going on in our world today. Fearful slaves. And scripture, because we're feeding our faith, tells us, Whoa, whoa, whoa. The Spirit of God has set me free from this. I do not have to be bound up by this. This is not how my state of mind has to be. This is not how, how my outlook has to be. No, no. The Spirit of the living God is here. And I'm not a fearful slave anymore. We shouldn't live in fear. We live in faith. And then Romans 18 says this. And, and this is kind of like the reality check, again, right? We're not sticking our head in the sand. We're not saying that, that things aren't difficult, that things aren't hard. Because listen to what Scripture says. Paul's writing this, and he says, Yet what we suffer, so he said, something's going on. Something's hard. Something's difficult. Life's hard. Things are, things are like that. He says, so suffering is real, and it happens. Not denying that. Paul says, yet what we suffer now, and I love this, is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. So that means God's over this, God's bigger than this, God can use this. It's not out of his hands, it's not out of his control. See, we feed our faith. Romans 8, feed your faith. We have this confident hope. And this we, that's where we find in verse 25. It says this. Um, but if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Are things the way you want them to be right now? Probably not. But we can have confident hope in our God. So we feed our faith. Instead of going, oh no, things are hopeless. Oh, no, things will never change. We have confident hope. Verse 25 says, no, we have confident hope for things to come. See, if we're not feeding our faith and, 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 we're, and we're feeding our fears, then our fears do not tell us that there's confident hope. But God's word tells us there's confident hope. So we, we feed our faith and we starve our fears. Here's what um, verse 26 says beginning of that verse it says and so we have confident hope and then it says and the holy spirit helps us in our weakness again not denying that things are hard not denying that there are times when we are not strong not denying that there are times when we do not have it all together but when we are weak the holy spirit helps us that's good news feed your faith feed your faith so for those who are feeling weak right now, you feel overwhelmed, you feel discouraged, you feel like you can't take anymore, I'm suggesting, just a suggestion, 
Why don't you shut off the news for just a day? Just, just a day. Why don't you stay away from the news feed? Stay away from the sources that you know are... When I was talking about the, the cognitive bias, you were like, yep, that's what I do. How about starve that for 24 hours? Just starve it. Just a little fast. And, see, and, 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 and don't just have a void there. Feed your faith there. Feed your faith there. Read Romans 8. Read other scriptures. Shut off the news. Shut it off. And allow the Holy Spirit of God to help you. Starve those fears and feed your faith. Here's what verse 28 says. Very, very well-known verse. And we know... There's confidence in that. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. That's, that's where we get our definition for optimism for today. That unshakable expectation that our loving God is working every situation for our future good. It's based right here on verse 28. Feed our faith, starve our fears. And then verse 31, it says this. Unless you're feeding your faith, you, you really can't say the first line. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? Oh, when's the last time you said, I've got some really good news? What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? See, someone who's feeding their faith and reading this goes, okay, might be hard. I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time believing this. I'm having a hard time taking this in, but I'm going to keep reading this because this is your word, God, and I'm going to feed my faith. And your word says that, that if you're for me, that, that it doesn't matter. That who can be against me? That who could who can take me down? Like, is bad news going to do this? Is stress going to do this? Is the current state of affairs in our world and, and sickness and illness and all the things? Is it going to take? No, no, no. If God is for us, who can be against us? That's how we feed our faith. Starve those fears. Starve that negativity, people. So that when we go out, you hear me say this all the time. People see entheos, enthusiasm within us. Right? They see entheos instead of us being like a walking, you know, psychology textbook and people going ha <laughs> cognitive bias <laughs> I see it right there I smelled it coming here I saw that and Theos feed your faith and starve your fears because here's here, I, I am optimistic of the goodness and the faithfulness of God and listen to what these last two verses say verse 38 and 39 mm. And I am convinced, Paul writes. He's not messed up by a cognitive bias here. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. 
neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today. This is in God's word. Is this not speaking to some of you right now? Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Feed your faith. Starve those fears. Starve that negativity. So hear this. Wherever you go, your God is there. No matter what you do, there is your God who is loving you. No matter what happens and is going on in the world, your God is for you. So rather than feed fear and feed anxiety, you know what I want to do based on God's word in Romans 8? I'm going to starve fear and negativity and anxiety. And I'm going to feed my faith. I'm going to believe that our present struggles are, are not even worth comparing to the future glory, to what God has in store, what he wants to do in us, what he wants to do through us. And Theos, and this is why we can be optimistic. This is why you and I can have an unshakable expectation that our loving God is working in every situation for our good. Say in Theos with me. In Theos, the Spirit of God within. Before we pray, I just uh, want to remind you all uh, things are a little bit different how we're here. So at the conclusion of our service, I'll pray, we'll have a time of worship. An usher will come and um, show you out. So hang tight in your seat at the end of the service until an usher comes and shows you which exit that you may use. Let's pray together. Father God, we are desperately in need of your Holy Spirit in Theos. We need not just good vibes and positivity but we need the hope and the truth found in your word we need your spirit within us to revive us and renew us and work in us and God for the person in this auditorium today or watching online that is not sure if they've ever actually stepped across that line maybe, maybe they've just been kind of hugging it for a while and going I'm checking out this God thing but for the person that's never stepped across the line and said here Jesus, take my sin, take my life, take my mistakes, take my selfishness, my shame. Here it is, Jesus. Thank you that you died to remove that from me, and now you have given me new life, that today can be that day. For the Spirit of God to come alive within. In Theos. And God, on behalf of believers listening to this message today myself included Lord would you forgive us
for not feeding our faith? Would you forgive us for actually feeding fear and negativity? With, without knowing it, we have allowed the enemy to just run amok. And in this moment, together, we say, no more. We're going to feed our faith. We're going to trust your word. We're going to study it. We're going to be in it. We're going to read it. We're going to pray it. We're going to sing it. It's going to be on our lips and in our ears and on our minds. We're going to starve the negative in our life. Lord, help us to be people that as we go out, they see in Theos. Because what we carry within us is not our own. It's not just us having a really good attitude that day and being peppy. It's we are carrying the living spirit of God within us. God, I pray people would see that in us, especially now, especially in these days. Or would you watch over our students as they go back to school? Our educators, as they start to do what they do and, 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 and care for these kids and lead them and teach them and coach them. God, would you be present? Lord, we ask for your, your hand over these schools and, and your health and your promise. And God, we just thank you for Jesus. That's it the most important thing Jesus so father would you receive our time of worship now as our response to you thanking you for Jesus Lord would you receive the gifts that we give as a as a way as a just an example of how we're saying we we want to be part of your work in the world God we love you thank you In Jesus' name we pray.